0: Hello. Hey, Merlin. Good morning. How are you, Dad? I'm
1: doing good. How are you? Oh, good. I was distracted. Sorry.
0: I'm reading about the guy who does the Radiohead uh, piano covers, and I got distracted.
1: Oh, I haven't heard those. Are they good? Did you see Westworld? Of course. Oh, those.
0: Well, that's, I think, I'm pretty sure that's him. Uh, But he does Westworld Radiohead think that is him but i have to be sure am i you know it might not be him but anyways there's this guy his handle on twitter is josh cohen music and uh i i tweeted one of these out last night but if you just go to go to youtube and search for like radiohead piano God. they're really really you know it's i love the way people choose to arrange music so, sort of along the lines of that video from last week about never say a song is, you know, easy. Hmm. We're like, you hear an arrangement of a song and you're like, how is that single instrument capturing like every nuance and little funny note that makes that song, that song. Right. And the piano is so perfectly suited for that. It's amazing. And so these videos are just like an overhead shot of Josh Cohen playing the piano and he just plays a song and you watch him play it on piano and the arrangements are amazing. Josh Cohen. I like, I like music a
1: lot. Yeah, you are into music, and music seems to deeply affect you, and I like that.
0: Oh, you do? Thank you, buddy. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose it does. Uh, I listen to podcasts way more than music these days, but, but you know, like this morning, a friend of mine on Twitter mentioned They'll Need a Crane by They Might Be Giants. You to
1: I had, to, to I had to go listen to I it.
0: You had to go listen to it, but I wouldn't listen to Dr. Worm because I will not allow that in my head.
1: My it, kids love that song. That's their oh, favorite. Oh, well, it's,
0: a, it's a fantastic song, but... It's problematic, because if you listen to it, it gets in your head. Yes, it does. (laughs) (sighs) How you doing? I'm pretty good. You don't like holidays? Well... I frame, you know what? I frame that very ego assertively.
1: Man, How do you feel right about though. the holiday? Yeah, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, I like that, you know, people enjoy the break from work and school and they get to have fun and do something <laughs> You like different. that other people like that. Yeah, thing. I don't, you know. It bothers you. Well, I it's like disruptive. things, I like things, you know, status quo, that everything, everything going according to plan, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh. And, you know the, the holidays throw all that off. There are different people showing up and leaving, and yeah, it's yeah. chaos.
0: You got to go places at different times,
1: right? Things are closed when they shouldn't be.
0: There should be open. There's mm-hmm. expectations. Mm-hmm. Did you ask for those expectations, Dan? Never. I never asked for those expectations.
1: But uh, are you doing anything like a? You, do you brine a bird? What do you do?
0: No, no. We'll do things with family. It'll be fun. I actually like our family pretty well.
1: Are you brining the bird? No, I'm not brining the bird.
0: No, 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 no. Um, um, you know, for OPSEC reasons, I don't talk about it too much. But my uh, my <laughs> yeah. well, you know, no, I, I know you know. But my sister in law does a, does a good bird. She's been a professional chef, and she is a probably the best cook I know. She's really good, and she likes she genuinely like it's like her art form. She really loves doing it. She loves entertaining and hosting, and she's great at it. So that's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, you know, though it's funny. Um, you know I do the self-tracking thing or whatever you want to call that where I have an Apple Watch and a Fitbit and it tracks my stuff, it tracks my steps, it tracks my sleep right. it's so fascinating to go and look at a year of data for just general patterns I'm going somewhere with this that should be, that should be on my grave um, uh, it's so interesting to me to look at number of steps per day and you know on a fairly granular basis how that plummets On Sundays and to some extent Saturdays. I just I just missed I I think this might have been an Apple Watch problem, but I just missed my stand and move goal for the first time in over a year this week. Oh really? Yeah, it's really weird. I always hit it. But um What happened? Why did why do you think I think it might have been Apple Watch shenanigans, but I'm not sure. That's the sucky thing. Like if you're like updating, putting in updating a beta or something and you're not wearing it for a while, it can really throw you off if you were really close. But um so, like I say, I mean, I, it's very apparent. I don't need exist.io to tell me this, although it's helpful. Exist.io is very explicit about this. It says things like Sunday is your least active day of the week. This pattern is getting stronger. It's like, thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. But so it's clear on that basis. But on you know, a bigger level, my steps per day plummet mm. in the summertime. Um, well, it's hot out. Not here. But it's it's mainly now. I, Exist. I will tell me things like I get more steps in when it's not windy and things like that. But it's actually not that. It's because my daughter's not in school. So while I might be doing a camp pickup, um, you know, a few days a week, camp pickup is sometimes a walking thing, sometimes a muni public transit thing. Right. right. But, um, but then I see in August suddenly the step count ticks way up. Why? Because I'm picking her up. You know, four days a week, five days a week, sure, whatever yeah. my schedule yeah. is. Right, so that's you know, that's about a mile per day uh, with the round trip and everything. I love those patterns. I love when school starts again, not for the like ha ha fifties dad reason of I'm glad the kids out of the house, but more just that like I do like that regularity. I like I, I as I get older, I really like that we record this show at the same time, mm-hmm. mostly. You know, I record the other shows at the same time mostly. And we talked about it a lot this summer. Summer is so disruptive because it has such a knock on effect, especially in our racket. We're like, you know, I, it's usually Syracuse because he's almost always on vacation. The Syracuse <laughs> can't do it then. So right. that means that I can't do that then. Now that affects when I can record this with this other thing. Not hugely, but it comes up and it does have a viral effect in the scheduling of a small group. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. I mean, I I really do. I mean, ha-ha's aside, I do like the regularity of a schedule. I like knowing what's on the calendar. I, I wouldn't call it OCD, but there is some part of me that takes comfort from opening a calendar on a Monday and being able to see what I'm obligated to do.
1: No, I love that. I love being able to look at it and say, this is this is what's going to be happening this week, and here's, here's what my expectations are. And knowing going into it, yeah, there'll be some other things I'll have to do, and maybe something will get moved or canceled. But – there's something really nice about that. And I remember a friend of mine um, years ago, we were working on a project together and there was some kind of a problem where there was some kind of bug in code that we were trying to track down. But whatever it was, the result of it was that each morning he would have to come in and run some little cleanup process. He would have to do something to kind of find the, the, find and fix whatever the bug problems, the bug had caused the night during the night. And he became, he began to get very angry about, and by the way, it was my bug that he was, he was managing and maintaining, but he had offered, (laughs) he had offered to do it. He's like, Oh, don't worry about it since I know it's going to take a while for you to fix. He's like, I'll just, I'll go in every morning. I'll do this little thing and no big deal. And while I was working on fixing the bug, he was each morning going in and cleaning this thing up. And I guess it took me, you know, a week or so to find it and figure it out and start fixing it. And in the meantime, he had started to become very angry and, and sort of resentful of the fact that he was doing this thing, not angry at me per se, but just like, it was cramping his style, man. And, um, and when we were talking about it, you know, he's like, how's the progress on fixing the thing? I said, well, I figured out what it was. I'm working on the fix now. He's it like, good? He's it? Like, Cause I don't, he's like, I don't like to have to do something every day. He's like, I don't like it that there's this thing. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, Yeah, that he had to like, he had to go and do this thing every day, and you know, I remember thinking to myself, like, don't you make coffee every morning for yourself? Don't you go on a walk and for yourself? Or what about when you have kids and you've got to like see your kid every day? Like, well, you know, Um, but I just I remember that sentiment, and I'm kind of like, it's not that I mind having something to do, but those kinds of things don't really. Like I, I kind of enjoy the the uh, the routine. The, there's aspects to a routine that can be very rewarding and comforting in a way. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree. But also, um, I mean, I guess the kind of obvious thing to say is, well, if you're a, if you have a programming mind, right, you tend to have that idea that anything I can automate and sh- and it's not harmful to automate, right? If I've thought it through. Um, is probably a good thing to automate and then test it and see how it works. Right. But, I mean, here's a, a super obvious example is like my uh, bedside alarm clock, which has mostly fallen into disuse. Um, I just used to, to listen to KQED. But it does have one feature I love, which is it has one simple little one-off button that says uh, DST or something like that. Right. On. And basically when the time changes, all I do is hit that button. <laughs> well, that's handy. Do you remember having to do that on all your clocks, where you're like, "Oh yeah, let's go better, to better, to better." And if it was digital and you got it wrong, you go around. around we still have to do that on
1: all like like our oven clocks and everything. Yeah, we do
0: our microwave. Luckily, I mean, a lot of these have really simplified. Like our microwave does not have a concept of AM and PM, which is fine with me <laughs> because you don't need a concept of AM and right PM right on right. a microwave. I think that's actually pretty classy. I wish you would stop saying "Enjoy your meal." That's very frustrating <laughs> to me. I don't I don't want to be wished well by a machine. I agree. Uh, <laughs> enjoy your meal. Yeah. Die in a fire, um, but uh, but I, I you know the thing is that's a great match right there. I'm, I think I'm still going somewhere with this. That's a nice level of granularity because you know what if it's uh, if it's six I probably know if that's morning or evening by virtue of the fact that I'm in the kitchen doing this kind of task. Um, that's an example though where you know you w- the the responsibility of having to go and change all the clocks sucks when you have to do it, it's nice that that's been automated because there's really not much downside. Supposedly Amtrak, I don't know if this is true, I heard that Amtrak trains pull over during the time change so they don't have to change the schedule, they just pull over and wait for an hour. Really? (laughs) That's supposedly, go look it up, supposedly that's true, I don't know. But the point being, well, what if suddenly part of your job description became, oh, by the way, it's up to you to be there at whatever, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., every day, to change the clock and make sure it's exactly right. Well, that's silly. That's why we have machines, right? Like that's what you would want. If you had, God forbid, if that was some part of your job was to like type the code in like Desmond, like, you know, that's, uh, that's no good. And no, well, you you're,
1: you're, you're right. Not to interrupt you. It says yeah. when the clock goes back an hour, they literally just sit at a station. And when the clock goes forward an hour, they just try to make up the time. <laughs> and they basically say that they're, yeah. they will become one hour late. That's that's a, a, that, I'll put this in the show notes. This is a whole article on this. That's that's a that's a wetware that's yeah. a
0: wetware hack. That's pretty good. Um, but what your former coworker is, I think, acknowledging is a kind of, if not a career vulnerability, like an existential vulnerability. Like if there's a thing that like I gotta go do like every day, like I bet there's a pretty good chance that you don't benefit that much. Personally, professionally, from doing it, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a good habit builder. I don't know, but like, if there's something that you have to do every day, in my experience, like
1: there's something wrong, right? <laughs> some it could be something wrong, but as importantly, maybe
0: nobody's going to notice that you're doing that until you miss it one day, and that's a vulnerability. That's an attack vector on your, you know, career. In right, some ways. sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I mean, there's also a distinction. I mean, not all habits are created equal. I mean making coffee can be a nice thing. You're anticipating drinking the coffee. That's really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something things yeah, I mean, that are I, a think, drag. I
1: think what he didn't like about it specifically was that he, he was having to fix something that was broken that shouldn't be doing it. And it was like extra work and it was now his responsibility, et cetera. And I, like I said, I totally get it. And, but it's, it's, you know, it's interesting as far as when you see something as, Again, this comes back to perception of it, right? Like If you mm-hmm. see something as like being really beneficial and helpful to you or to somebody else, you're more willing to endure whatever the thing is than if, if it feels like a task that you didn't really want and didn't ask for and are, are sort of saddled with. That mm-hmm. even if it's the same task, your opinion about it and your feeling about it is what determines whether or not you like it.
0: I think that's probably true. Where if it doesn't benefit you, it's not particularly fun, and there is a downside. Yeah, you know, you're getting the feeling about. I don't want to do that. I also put into notes a pretty good episode. I remember this being a good episode. I don't know if it was Uh, July seventh this past summer, July seventh, two thousand seventeen, episode three three one, hidden in wigs. (laughs) Uh, Topic: time (laughs) Tetris in difficult mode. That was a good episode. We talked about that. Was I think I went off on that one a little bit. Hmm. Um, that was somebody who had a shared Google calendar and like how to deal with people doing it. But the reason I mentioned that is, first of all, it's a good episode. You should listen to it. A very good program. But also that I, you know, I was tempted to say that when I look at my week on a Monday, I think of it, "Mm, video game is an overused phrase and has somebody who doesn't play a lot of video games. I probably shouldn't use it, but I look at it a little bit like a video game where I try to think about my resource allocations and what I can do more efficiently and honestly like a lot of it is fairly relaxed but risk management like and I've gone over this a million times but I think this is really valuable is to like each one of the things that you have on your calendar obviously we hope that that will be a commitment and it's an important thing it's a load bearing wall it's in you know if that my the basic uh, thing for me is like if something doesn't happen on a certain date and time, there will be consequences, right? And so like maybe a deadline uh, gets screwed up or something. So yeah, obviously you want that stuff to be important, but it's also a way of going like, okay, knowing that everything on here is important, like every one of these things needs to be done. Are there any economies of scale and what are risks that I need to start assessing? Which sounds silly, but like one of the classics I always talk about is like, I frequently space the fact that this is not going to be very, uh, not a very sympathetic thing to say, but, you know, two podcasts I really enjoy doing. One of them I do on every other Tuesday night, and I'm done with that at like 10 p.m., and the other one I do starts at 9 a.m. on Wednesday. And that's fine. I get some sleep. I still get to watch The Punisher. It's all good. I'll watch, I'll watch episode oh, four is, tonight. How is The Punisher? Put a pin in that. I'm loving it. Okay. Love that act. All right. We okay. should talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, episode three last night was fantastic. Um, but okay, so it's not not to say boohoo. I don't get as much free time that night, and I got to go to bed at a decent hour. But more to say, oh, as it happens, that show that I do Wednesday at nine. Stop me if this is making zero sense. The show that I do at nine a.m. on Wednesday requires preparation, so I have to do a challenge. So that might be watching a movie. That might be tracking my food. Uh, that could be, you know, so the, the whole point of this show that we do, do by Friday, the whole point is that there's a, not the whole point, but one point is we do a challenge each week. Okay, well, so what's, what's the problem? Well, like, what if I'm not done with that challenge? What if the challenge was to go do this thing? Well, now I have less time to still get a decent night's sleep, be there. I might have to not watch The Punisher. I'm just saying that, like, when I'm doing that video game look at my week, one mm-hmm. of the things I do is go, where is there a, a, a tightness that is not acknowledged by these big pink blocks? When is that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when is there something I'm not realizing? And, and let's take this even way further where you're in college and you forget that this party that you're hosting ends at 3 a.m., but you've got a final at 6 a.m. the next day. Well, if you put that 6 a.m. item in, three months ago, like at the beginning of the semester, you might space it unless you are regularly going in and playing a little bit of video games with your calendar. Because that's a great time to decide what you need to cancel, reschedule, or renegotiate. And it's a great time to, like, in terms of the resource leveling or resource allocation, like say, is there anything on here I'm not realizing? Like when I see party that we're going to here, that should trigger something in me. Okay, what kind of party? Do I need to have fancy dress wear? Well, if you do, is your suit pressed? Like, are you going to look sharp? Do you need to bring a bottle of wine? Did you need to get a babysitter? I'm not saying this to generate anxiety. I'm saying this that like I think that's actually as part of this desire that you and I have for regularity, I think part of that is it's an exercise in walking through what it is you're going to be doing and drawing out any dependencies or uh preparations that you might not be aware of. Right. And I think that can be that can be a good thing. I think that's a professional thing, a, a smart thing to do.
1: I've, you know, is there, you- is there a part of it for people, Merlin, where if they're kind of hanging on to their youth or to that time period when you were a kid or in college or whatever, that you, where you just really didn't have very much to do unless there was a final or unless there was a project that was due, you could kind of you know, set your day and do whatever you wanted in the day. I mean, is there, yeah, some, sure. especially like, I know people on weekends who are like, no man, don't ever call here before 1 PM on Saturday. I'm sleeping. Like, yes, you know what I mean? Like there's that mm-hmm. attitude of like, don't you dare interact with me because that's my day to like recover. I, I
0: agree. I think it can be lots
1: of things. Yeah. Some
0: of which are very related to youth. One is that the stakes for missing some things may not be as big of a deal. Like if you forgot that there's a meeting of the recycling committee at four o'clock and you had a class at the time, you know, that maybe that's not going to be the end of the world that, so it could be lower stakes. I think a big part of it is that your body has much more, as we said last week, integrity. Like you can heal faster. You can stay up later. You can get up earlier if you have to. Right. That's one thing. But yeah, I, I think you, I think it could be right. But the flip side of this or the corollary to this though is to like, Try and learn something from what you're doing and like if it is making you really, really stressed out, then figure out is that a necessary stress that you have to manage and do different stuff about or is it an unnecessary stress that you need to either get out of the stuff that's causing that stress or find a way for that stress to have less of an impact on how you're feeling. Right. Because, you know, that goes to the core of what we talk about here all the time, which is, you know, again, the feeling about a feeling kind of stuff. Yeah, Thanksgiving's fun. I like the sides. You don't eat the. You don't like the turkey. You don't eat the turkey. Sure, I like the turkey. My sister in law makes a hell of a turkey. I like it all. It's a big gravy holiday, which is nice. The problem is, you know, gravy's got flour in it, so does you have be careful. Does she brine that. the bird? Does she brine the bird? I think she's brined. She's brined. I'm interested in brining more quadrupeds. Uh, like, like, uh, you ever brine a pork?
1: Uh, no, never.
0: Brine pork can be a hell of a thing.
1: How does that go? What, is, what happens? Well like, you're
0: brining it you get yourself a cooler or whatnot. I uh I've I've mostly uh I did there's like a basic kind of like one oh one version of brining that you can do that I've done to pork chops and it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Back pork chops in to- a sous vide. I know, oh, I know, it's serious. Sous-vide. Pretty, oh, sous vide pork chop is one of one of the uh, pork chop and salmon are two of the first things I tried that sold me on it. Where I was like, wow, yeah,
1: salmon. I think everybody should start with it with salmon because that's something. Because most people are when you get into the whole sous vide thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like what it's a cult. It, well, <laughs> it is a cult for sure, but yeah. I feel like that one of the initial things that you have to. Understand is that the texture will be a little bit different, maybe than what you're used to. Uh, yeah. And that I think it's easier to have salmon as your gateway because there's it's not like it tastes raw or that the texture is raw, but that it's different from a cooked or traditionally cooked salmon enough that like people also can refer to sushi as a reference and say, Well, I've had raw salmon before with sushi, so th- this is like a good gateway for them to because you can do like a You ever you a burger?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, the that's toughest a part of that thing. is getting
0: the shape that you want. <laughs> right. You gotta not if you're using a suction, are you using Ziploc or like a food saver? I have the food saver. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I it's unnecessary, but it makes it so much more fun. Oh, it's fun. Oh, it's so fun. You can you can vacuum pack anything. We've done spoons, uh, we've done <laughs> coins. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I did a, I tried to do a shoe one time. I have an odd career. A um, shoe? A, sh- like well, a child's to, shoe like a child shoe. Y- yes, I knew we it. had to sous vide our shoes for for uh, due by Friday. Uh, I'm going to send you an image. If you do sous vide, I suggest doing a thing that I do, which is very nerdy. I'm a tracker. I'm a logger. I'm a midnight toker. Yeah, I knew you I were do a going lot of tra- there. I do a lot of tracking of things, and one thing that I do is you can go read that uh, Le- G- G- Ken Kenji G- Al- Lopez. I don't know his name. He has great stuff about sous vide. He's a very good chef. Oh, look at this. Well, so, that's the results of a markdown document. Uh, and what I do is every time I try something different with sous vide, I have this. I like the good
1: no, yes. <laughs> What's MRN stand for?
0: Imagine a cat. What would a cat say? Hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's a, see, my, my lady and I differ a little bit on doneness. Uh she likes it a, a fair deal more done than I do. But I, I think most people would agree that when you're getting into the sous vide racket – and I promise this will, this is not going to turn into a markdown discussion um, – but uh, meaning something that turns off almost everybody right. except for five nerds. Hey. But uh, I think almost everybody who gets into the sous vide thing, the, the, far and away the most difficult thing to get over is the idea that cooking this thing – if I cook this steak to 126 degrees – uh, a, I'm not going to die, and B, it will actually be weirdly close to the rare plus that I'm looking for once I've seared it. It's very difficult to get over because you're, you've been – again, Dr. Don and uh, Ben have talked about this on their show uh, many times. But um, you don't need to cook your pork chop to 180 degrees. Like, Don't do that. That's That's a weird, very general thing to keep people from dying, but – so, And you can see here, in many cases, that number's really gone down over time. So, for example, you see my very first thing I tried in this list was yeah. frozen salmon, yeah. 122. Mm, not enough temperature. It was really, really mealy. But you could see how mm. I used to do beef at like 135, 134, 128, and now I'm down to generally 126. Well, here's the meat. me, I, I do it to
1: 126. May I just mention that the the principle of this is that – you can the way that we have been trained and t- please st- stop me if this is everyone knows this but the way that we've been trained is that oh for something to be cooked it needs to be a certain temperature And we need to heat it to that temperature. So, like, it needs to be for ground beef or whatever. It should be 160 degrees. That's when I can remember.
0: But, but, like, trying to make it so simple that anybody could not screw it up, which is basically, look, if you've got pork, no matter what, keep it refrigerated until you cook it, and then when you cook it, do it to whatever it is, 160, 180, whatever it is. There's this one number. There's no. There's no. There's one dimension to this, or two dimensions, I guess. There's this dot, and once you hit that dot. It will be safe and anything under that could be dangerous.
1: Right. And that, and that's really smart to do that because the general population isn't, they're not going to, they're only going to remember that one thing. But cooking is actually a combination of heat and time. It's not just heat. Whereas if you heat that pork up to 100 and whatever, 100, let's say it's a check, please don't go. I think go, it's like one, six, I think 160, it's 160, 160 165, yeah. whatever. Let's say one, 160. Then, then you're guaranteed that you killed all the nasty stuff that might, might have potentially been in the pork if you heat it to 160. But if you heat it to, again, I'm making up these numbers, 130 for an hour instead of 160 for five seconds, yeah. then it's still also cooked and also safe because those organisms or whatever you're trying to kill can't survive for, uh, at, at 130 for an hour they could right. for a second but at 160 they're dead instantly and so that's what there's we all kinds people. of people.
0: Contra- there's all kinds of contradictions and you know Ben actually So, if, uh, just let me point this out I know this doesn't sound as interesting as it actually is there's a food safety talk you've been on there too find your episode I was on food safety talk number 79 you're in botulism country with Merlin Mann uh, pathogen, pathogen reduction and, and Ben had shared this very interesting matrix that you can look at that, that he uses when he teaches about this like he'll go into kitchens and talk to like professional kitchen staff about how to cook safely with things like sous vide and um, yeah, you're exactly right to kill the pathogens, but there's all kinds of paradoxes because there's this other paradox of like not paradox or, but like surprising turns out thing, which is like if you're going to do something like you know the way you want to like smoke a brisket for a long time for barbecue, <laughs> right. like you can you can cook like a rack of ribs or an entire rib roast for a very long time, but I think if you're cooking something for a very long time at a low temperature, when you get below 129 or so, this is not science. Please do your own due diligence. But then you have to have this other issue of like, okay, well, how long has this piece of meat been sitting around at 129 degrees? Because right. then you can get into – I think you, there's all different things. There's, there's pathogens. There's spoilage. There's all these different things that like, are all these, these different aspects that people like Don and Ben understand. But, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean the, the nut of it is – here, and it's so funny. I spent 10 minutes telling John how I cook a steak on uh, Roderick Online this week. It was very boring. But here's the most easy example in the world. If you've got a ribeye or a, a New York strip and you've got it in a food saver, you freeze that. Here's the amazing thing you get your sous vide bath, you know, just until you know better, try 130, 132 if you like a medium rare. You throw a frozen block of meat in a plastic bag into that bath, tell your dingus to tell you when 90 minutes is up. And when 90 minutes is up, you got a steak. All you got to do is sear it. Right. And, and what the, but the amazing part, though, is that you don't have to defrost it. Because the defrosting introduces a whole another level of like, oh, is it you know, right. Is it going to be frozen? If just add a half hour, generally speaking, add a half hour to whatever your cook time is when you're sous something frozen. How did we get to this from calendar? No, we're talking um, about uh, turkey. Uh,
1: I'm talking turkey. Uh, you you uh, brine so, uh, a bird.
0: I'm going to go find your episode too. I put it in your there episode. already.
1: The episode I was on is number eighty-five. I'm the jerky police because they made me stop oh. making. Uh, beef jerky. Mm. Can you believe that? Because I wanted to... Not, jerks is what these guys are, really. Because they took away yeah. the love of my... Uh, the only thing I was good at. They took it away. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, because... you not to do that to a man take away the one thing he's good at? I was, uh, I was making beef jerky. You're, and
0: you're like a coal miner, Dan. You're, you, this, is like,
1: you, this is solar to your mind. I know. Mm. I, I, had, uh, I had gotten one of those dehydrators... And you put – they tell you in the thing, use this to make beef jerky. And so I followed the directions. I would get the beef and you marinate it. You slice it. You marinate it. You do all this stuff. Then you put it in there and it goes in, in the, this dehydrator, which it gets hot and also dry. And it sucks. It's
0: like a sauna. It's like a, like, a, like a steer sauna. Yeah.
1: And then at the end of it, you get this really good beef jerky. And then these guys like, don't do that. You're, you're probably going to die. Ugh. And apparently, there's all these things like you're talking about. Like even though it gets hot, maybe it's not hot enough. But even if it is hot enough, how long is it in there? Because if it's in there for too long, things can still grow. And then what if there's moisture and the moisture is so complicated? And and there's such these guys are such you know militant about it that they freaked yeah. me out. I I had to stop making it. And my yeah. kids were sad about it. My wife was sad about it. And then anytime we eat jerky, they're like, it's still not as good as we used to make. I'm like, yeah, but we mm. were going to die. Like yeah. not, not later in our old age, but like now. Thanks science. Yeah. <sighs> ben Chapman.
0: Dan, 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 Dan. Pff, Dr. Don. Uh, Dan, uh, where would people find show notes for episode diggity
1: three, five, one of your yeah. back to work program? They can go to five by five dot TV slash b isn't brothers two is in the number w is in women slash three five one and the show notes will be there waiting for them hmm. ready to go three five one yeah uh
0: finally made it over that
1: 350 hump uh, that's the worst seriously three
0: five zero three five one i like that is that a prime number it's got to be a prime number
1: i don't hmm. even know what that means. do you, have you ever seen the box method now that these kids do with the multiplication
0: oh no they do so many things i don't understand you've seen about the box method lines.
1: this is fascinating to me listen to the, let me explain the way the box it's I'm not gonna-
0: by the way just just to follow up it's not a prime
1: number okay it breaks my heart is it Go pi ahead. is it the same as pi yes so 0.5151 yeah. Yeah. yeah so the box method if you have like two two digit numbers like 51 and 17 and you want to multiply them together you and I would probably just write 51 on top oh, yes. and 17 on the I've, box.
0: Yes, we've done this and I found it utterly perplexing. Oh,
1: I love the box method. This
0: thing is amazing. Well, it's sort of like, show me all the things you can do with this. It's a, it's a two by two grid, right? right? Go ahead, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no you,
1: go you've ahead. got it. It's a two by two grid. No, no, and no, no, so okay. you would take the 51 and so, or let's say 53, 53 instead. So you'd write on the uh, on the top, you'd write 50 or on the left side you'd write 50 and then on the top you'd write three and then if it was by 17 on the side you'd write one and then seven and then you multiply the numbers inside and then you add the product of those and you have your multiplication done that's a bad explanation i'm going to leave it as an exercise to the listener to go and look this up but it's it's cool
0: yeah i mean i I think it's a way so so much it feels like so there's just hmm. two things in math that, that my kid does so differently from me that I think are very interesting. For for a long time for like single like about 3 years, there was a lot of stuff happening on a line, like a number line, and you learn to understand like what a whole number is with these little jumps. And that was they would just bang that into their head. But the really brilliant thing is like how much of the arithmetic that she is learning is basically let's before you know, to solve this rather than just learning all of these, you know, combinations like we did with multiplication tables. Although that is handy, even if they tell you it's not, we made mm-hmm. our kid learn it. It was mm-hmm. good. Um, it's you know what you could do, like figure out an easier way to answer this. Like how many tens is this? How many ones is this? I'm like, I don't know why I never thought to do that before. It's like I didn't learn how to do a tip correctly until I was in college. it's like, oh no, it's just like it's basically you take the uh, take the tax and multiply it by two or whatever. And you're like, yeah. what? Like how did what? But you know what I'm saying? Like. Um, But that's so brilliant! This the and this yeah. There's all kinds of things they do with little grids and lines. Yeah, they're coming out with all kinds of crazy stuff in there. What is happening? Look at this one's got an X. Oh, this is very disturbing. These kids today with their rock and roll, their chubby checker, Dan. Um, and as much as you're able or interested, could you tell me about something that you like?
1: I would love to tell you about something called Video Blocks.
0: Video Blocks.
1: Have you heard of this? I heard about this. You know know
0: what I'm going to be doing?
1: You're going to go. go, go
0: Go what? find some relevant video blocks. I
1: was wondering if you were going to, t- what you're going to type in, if it was going to be sous vide Thanksgiving or, or brining birds. <sighs> oh,
0: that's for me to know and for you to find out. Well, video
1: blocks this is a place to go for studio quality, stock footage, audio and images. And it's all there at a fraction of the cost. All the content that they have is royalty free. That means you can use it for your personal projects, but you can also use it for commercial products, uh, projects or products. Why not? Use it mm. for both. You download the stock media, all of it, from their, uh, from, from their member library. Everything you want. They've got over 150,000 videos and over 100,000 audio clips, tons of images, and they're always adding something new. But this is the way it works. When you sign up, it, it's like you pay the price, but then you have access to everything. It's not like, well, this one's $5. This one's $50. No, you get everything. And you've you know if you're in this situation where you're trying to do your own footage of something or coming up with your own audio or you're trying to search the internet for the free stuff and it just sucks, forget it. This is the way to do it. They're always working on adding new content and on making it better. And, uh, and I think it's a great service. Videoblocks.com slash back to work. You get all the stock footage, audio images, everything you can imagine for $149, you get everything, access to everything. Videoblocks.com mm. slash back to work. Go check them out. We appreciate their ongoing support. Thanks, Videoblocks. <laughs> Merry Christmas.
0: I <laughs> uh, found four links. I've added the show notes. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, you got Thanksgiving.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, videos related to food poisoning. Sure. Videos related to revenge. Because we're talking about the Punisher. And um, videos related to podcast. I like Podcast. Yeah. It's all in there. Thanks, Video Blocks. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. Hey, that was a good one. That's a good one, boss. All right. Suvi cooking time. Closing that window. All right. Um, mm, mm, mm. Monday class email, CBD oil, good TV, sway application. Uh, I probably shouldn't talk about CBD oil. Oh, come on. Just a little bit. We have, I find the dosage stuff confusing
1: okay may i help
0: yeah you can tell me about your
1: droppers i'll tell you all about my droppers
0: but how did you arrive at the correct dropper amount did you use one of the inscrutable online
1: calculators no the guy the guy told me who's the guy the guy at that, uh, at charlotte's robert, web robert cbd todd cbd <laughs> that's right mm-hmm. um i will i will find and put my my link for the charlotte's web stuff into uh into the show notes are you on one dot two dot or three dot what do you want three come on i got th- i got three dot you okay. gotta be three and okay. uh and so if you if you, there are different strengths of of the cbd oil which basically just means how much of a concentration there is in the in the liquid mm-hmm. and everywhere you go they're going to use some kind of different measurement and, and whatever but there's there's three different levels of the charlotte's web CBD oil. And these guys kind of originated this. I mean, I know there was CBD oil before them, but they're the ones that kind of made it more, even though it's not mainstream, they, they made it more mainstream than it was. And, uh, and they're the company that I found to be the most, shame on them for not sponsoring, uh, mm-hmm. I found them to be the most reliable and, and consistent and, and good quality. And so the, there's three different levels of concentration, one dot, two dot, three dot. And for the one and the two dot, um, it, comes it, it, it comes with a dropper. Mm-hmm. But uh, the three dot, be- I guess because it's more concentrated. I've been, been, been
0: using my two dot dropper and the three dot.
1: Well, I think it's I think, fine. I think I've been
0: taking way too much.
1: I think I take way more than you.
0: Oh, I'll, tell you I'll tell
1: you after the show how much I take. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. But. It makes me trip. Really? Yes. I wish it made me trip. Oh, God. I just I got, feel I- relaxed and nice.
0: My general note, I want to hear all of this. My general note, I just, all I wanted to say was I went from taking probably too much around like six or seven at night to taking tiny bits three times a day, and I think it's way better.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I agree. I think you should space it out. I feel like um, – you know they, and they recommend like taking it twice a day, once early in the day, once late in the day. Um, but what uh, what you do, I asked – I called up when I was placing an order because I was confused. And I called up and I said to the guy, I said, how come there's no dropper on the 3.1? And there's just this weird hole and you're telling us to like drip drops out of it. Like, what's this nonsense? Why would I want to do that crap? And he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, well, uh, actually that top is special. It's designed to fit this certain kind of non needle syringe that apparently exists in the world unbeknownst to me. But this little syringe that I, um, I will put into the show notes. You can buy 50 of them and they are reusable. You can buy 50 of them for $14. And uh, like I said, they're reusable many, many, many times. And what you do is the, the tip of this Non-needle syringe fits perfectly into this round hole in the top of the three-dot container. That explains the mystery. That's the mystery. So then you, you shake it up, you turn it upside down with the syringe in there, and you pull it down, and it measures it in milliliters for you. So one dose is, I think it's six milliliters, if I'm right. Maybe it's more or less. Uh, but you then draw out the syringe with the six in there, you, and then you've got your exact dosage an exact amount and what's nice is they even have little caps for these syringes so if you were going on an overnight stay somewhere you might make one and and put in notes i want to see i will put them in there and reloading 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 oh my god a lot of pressure it's gonna take yeah it's gonna take me a second to because i gotta go sent it to me once before i I just don't remember i don't remember the name of it
0: all right don't worry about it. just do it later i'll find it how would you arrive at the amount that's the right amount?
1: Well, I think it says on the back of the bottle that a dose. But it depends is six on what it's for. Milliliters. Well, yeah, <sighs> you got to re- you got to research what you want. But I just went by what the thing said on the All one right. one dose six milliliters All done. Because right. the thing
0: is, it, I'm confused because some of it's like if it's for like what pain relief, inflammation, that kind of stuff. Right, this versus amount, anxiety if it's for I, sleep, I anxiety. Rid- there's sleep man. They woo. They want you to take a bunch. Here's the thing that makes me dream crazy stuff. Woo here's the thing yes
1: if all of this is they've done lots of studies and the studies have shown that it it's not it's not (laughs) really it's not really harmful in in any Mm -hmm. in any amount so okay uh, this is what they've said (laughs) so in i can i can attest to the fact i've taken lots of this stuff and i've never had any negative impact from it and i'm like sensitive to stuff too it's really annoying i'm like super sensitive to stuff like like if i have like Ha, like a glass of wine forget it like that's i'm done like i don't even i don't drink alcohol really anymore just because it's not it's not even interesting anymore hmm. uh, so i i mean like i i you give me half a glass of wine i'm i'm set like for the night hmm. so this stuff i don't get that effect from it at all um but apparently i, I will just say at this juncture a this for yourself. Yes, and research B, it, for yourself. it
0: absolutely has an effect on me. So do your due due I'm diligence.
1: Jealous? I mean, it has an effect, but it's it's not, not a good effect, Dan. Oh, it's mine's not... good. I feel like well peaceful. Okay, no, but I'm...
0: <laughs> Listen to my mouth words. If I have more than I should, <laughs> yeah, it is a very. It, it feels a little bit like tripping. The what first happened? time it happened, huh? What? How,
1: like yeah. Tell me what happens. I feel like have you have you ever taken LSD? No. Oh.
0: Well, it's like it's – a, it's a slightly – it's a very disorienting, slightly hallucinogenic, like I'm not sure what's real experience. Really? Like, like you smoke too much pot, yeah. Whoa. Now, I, I think also I might – I think I'm sensitive to marijuana things mm. because the two times I ate marijuana, I passed out. So that's a good <laughs> – I have to be careful with the marijuana. Yes. I have not done it in years and years. Um I kind of wish I did because, like, it's it's basically easier than cigarettes to get here, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> all those laws are so strange. I know. But listen, I know Dan's saying lots of things, but I'm just saying, like, as your pal Merlin, man from the internet. Hi, how's it going? Like, just be careful before you don't don't take don't slug a bunch of this stuff. Well, no, you know and what that's what doing. that's
1: what I was actually leading up to say is. You you and what they recommend too is you have to find out what is the right dosage for you and the way you do that is you start very small with a dose that you think is almost too small like it's this isn't going to do anything.
0: The first dose you shouldn't feel anything. Right, you know it's not working. That's
1: right. And so then (laughs) then you do a a little bit more the next time you do it. And how did I feel that time? Okay. And you do it until you feel whatever the thing is that you're trying to feel. And that might be a release of your, you and so you smell colors and have to take a nap. <laughs> ah! Well, but, ah. uh, and, but that's very important. You don't want to just be like, Oh, the dose said six milliliters. I'm doing, I'd start at like one, you know, start really small. You just,
0: ca- just think about caffeine, like think right. about how caffeine affects people so differently.
1: Oh yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. So anyway, that, that's what I was leading up to say. I totally agree and research it, try it, experiment it. But uh, the people that I've talked to about it, uh, for a lot of people, can be very, very beneficial. It's certainly beneficial to me. But I, I've, I'm, I'm surprised to hear about this, uh, the, tri- the tripping.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm satisfied with my care. I will, When you put that link in, I will look at it later. I'm going to
1: find it. I'm going to get it for okay. you. Okay.
0: The show will never air. I know. Um, Monday, Monday, class email sway. Um Let's see. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to put another plug for this app, Sway. I mentioned it last week. I put it in show notes this week again. Uh, this is made by the people who, uh, at us two, the people who made, of all things, um, Monument Valley. Love that they game. Make, yeah. Well, and if you like that design style, they've made these two apps for, I mean, I, I guess you can call it meditation. That's kind of why I wanted to bring this up is I, like we sort of uh, discussed, debated. Stipulated last time. There's a difference between relaxation, meditation, mindfulness. Like th- these are all not the same thing. Whatever it is, this sway app does. I really like it. So, so this is sound very silly, but here's what you do with this app. You get this app. Um, you put on headphones, and it treats a certain kind of um, low-level meditation or just stillness. It treats it as a little bit of a video game. So what you do is you get sway and say, okay, you're, this is sway. You're at level one. You have to do this level for four minutes. Now what you're going to do is when it starts, it does those, some beautiful images on the screen, plays this awesome uh, kind of ambient soundtrack with sound effects. And you sway slowly with the phone in your hand, or eventually later you'll put it in your pocket. But the idea is you look at the screen and imagine you're just kind of going, hmm, hmm. you'll get the hang of it. You start swaying. It seems really weird at first. But you start doing this, and then at each of the levels, you do it for longer. till so you're going up to 20 minutes per day is the goal, and it encourages you to do each things like try to be try you know get your attention focused for this one. Try to be present. For this one, discover different ways that you could be swaying. Uh, it sounds really weird. I'll tell you why I love it though. First of all, it, it is a good, easy, simple way to get into some kind of a little pseudo meditation habit. It encourages you to get a streak. Because if, you know, if you don't finish the right, level, you right. gotta do that before you move on. You get credit for it in mindful minutes in health, which is nice. Uh, but the other nice thing is you can do it lots of different places. Like you don't have to have a cushion. You don't have to have a gong. Like you don't have to have any of your other little fetish devices. Anything you would normally have on you, wherever you are. I did it yesterday waiting for the train. You can just do it. And you're supposed to do 20 minutes per day. You don't have to do it all at once. But I just wanted to put in a plug for that. I thought if you're somebody who's looking, for an, a lightweight, non, um, this does not require a giant leap of faith. It does not require a religious buy-in. Like, this is just a little thing to do with your body to get you a little bit in the moment. And uh, I just want to recommend it to people. I really like it. Nice. Oh, can I actually pivot? Yeah. To uh, some listener feedback? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Related, somewhat related to that. Listener Joel writes, uh, asking a question about meditation and attention problems. Listener Joel says in your last back to work episode, you talked about meditation as a form of practicing attention as someone with attention deficit disorder. This idea got my attention. That's fun. How would you recommend someone start out practicing attentive meditation? I expect I could learn some things just by trying to sit quietly and not fall asleep, which would definitely happen to me, me too. But it sounds like both of you would have a lot better guidance than this. Uh, Dan, what do you say to listener uh, Joel about getting into meditation as a way of uh, getting your attention focused?
1: yeah, I think that 's really helpful because one of the things that we often hear about in meditation uh, is that it's it's a mindfulness practice that we are um, that we are engaging in an attentive way and being mindful on everything that um, that that we 're doing and um, and that 's I think the most popular part of it is, is mindfulness, being in the present moment. But there's a, another second aspect to meditation that's not talked about quite as much and that's concentration. And if you think about it, you can't be mindful, you can't be focused unless you're concentrated. And so the concentration comes as an important but perhaps secondary aspect to the mindfulness meditation. And uh, and, and so in answer to his question, I think it, it makes a lot of sense to approach this as saying, I'm going to learn to be mindful, but in order to be mindful, I need to be concentrated. I need to get very concentrated. And, um, Ajahn John Jeff talks about this more than like Gil Fronsdahl talks about it because in the Thai forest tradition of meditation, they focus more on the mindfulness, but they also focus more on the concentration and, and talk about it more. And so in my kind of, this is a long way of saying, yes, you you will get much more focused and concentrated and learn to uh, calm the mind by going through this process. So I, I wrote an article, and I, I found it here, about meditation that's sort of like, here's what it is and, and how you might want to get started. I wrote this back in 2009, but I, I reread it after I got his email, and I thought, this is still a good article. It's still oh, yeah, it Relevant. So I, I, I put that in there and, um, and hopefully that will help. There's two articles. One is an introduction to mindfulness meditation. And the second one is how to start a meditation practice, which I, I wrote a, a week or so later. So both of those will be in the show notes. And I, I recommend, um, a handful of articles and also books and other things, most of which are, are free and you could get started that way. I, think for me it it really, really helped and you know, most of us have in our minds we have that narration, we have that little voice that's sort of talking That's us, but also talking to us like, oh, did you like that thing? Yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, we got to remember to go and do this other thing. Oh, yeah, that's a bright day today, isn't it? I should go get sunglasses. And what Mm did I do with my pen? And okay, my car keys are here, but I remember I had to give that thing to my son so he doesn't forget it. And gosh, he's going to have a bunch of homework to do. All of that that's kind Mm -hmm. of that running thing monkey mind. Monkey mind that, that that's we just kind of take that to be normal, but you can turn that off. And that's kind of fascinating. And what would that be like to not have that constant narration? And what happens to the, your thinking process and even your opinions and feelings and thoughts? You become much more kind of open to things if you don't have that little voice that's always saying, Hey, you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should. You know, that kind of just goes away and you get to experience things more directly and more in a more concentrated way. So, um,
0: there's, there's so many different things you can choose to do. With or about that voice, but they all require being aware that that voice is there. Right. The hardest part. Yes, it is. So, I mean, what you're just—I mean, there's once you're aware that you have a monkey mind, it helps to kind of listen to it a little bit and notice what you're hearing in your head. And this is different from quote unquote voices in your head, but there is sometimes you know this kind of background hum of this conversation with yourself, or there's some character in your head that's saying things and you may not even be totally aware of it, even though most of your behavior is probably being guided by it from moment to right, moment. Right. At least in my experience, that's very true. Um, just some things to think about, uh, unsighted, uh, unprofessional. I don't have any science behind this, but things I would consider. First of all, notice that it's there. Second of all, if you imagine that there is this s- character i'm going to call it more than a voice there's a character who's saying things what kind of stuff is that character saying and when are they saying it start noticing that and you don't have to do this all the time but start catching yourself if there is some kind of like an internal like a monologue going on right could be a dialogue but i think it's often a monologue notice it what is what are they saying if you had to imagine who that character is how would you portray that character does that seem like a benevolent character does that seem like a trolling character does that seem like a cruel or unkind character? Does that seem like a, maybe even abu- an abusive character? Mm-hmm. Like, a, the again, we've always talked about this, the mean dad voice in, right. in, in one's head. Um, and then once you're doing that, I think there's a lot of things you can choose to do. And I think you'll get different advice from different people. I mean, there are some people who say, well, you know, become aware of that and just notice it. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, some people say, become aware of that and, if you don't like what that person is saying, really make that a character and choose to reject them. Yeah. Like mentally say no or shut up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think you can take this all the way down to if that character feels like a somebody who's a real ass at a party, <laughs> like tell them to leave. Say that I'm, I'm not listening to you like and you need to go like you are not welcome here. I don't know. Your mileage may vary on all of those things, but it's funny because when you're doing something even as as simple as this app, the Sway app, you're not even doing like quote-unquote real meditation. You will start noticing the kinds of thoughts that go through your head, the kinds of distractions that you have, kind of try and bring yourself back. There's all kinds of little tricks for centering. I mean, one 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 trick I love with breathing, they say, you know, if you're concentrating on your breath, concentrate on one feeling. And a good one for that is imagine the feeling of breath what the breath feels like coming into specifically the rim of your nostril. Focus on that very specific physical thing. This is not going to make you a yogi, but it is an interesting thing to do. Another interesting one is when you're focusing on your breath, notice how much you're shallow breathing where you're just filling up your chest as opposed to deeper breathing where it's going into your diaphragm. Great tip on that one is to think – this is so cool. Don't think of your chest as where the air goes. The breath goes. Think of it as a tunnel. Your your chest is merely a tunnel that the breath passes through on the way down to your abdomen. If you use that mental model, you will find yourself breathing so differently. Your Mm -hmm. chest is a tunnel title. Try that. And uh, those kinds of little (laughs) tricks. And then finally, at least from my bonehead point of view, accept... The fact that the whole point of this exercise is that thoughts are going to come along, some of them good, some of them bad, some of them stupid, some of them random. And it's not your job. It's not necessarily your job in that moment to change your life based on what those thoughts are. It's certainly not your job to stop meditating because you got distracted. More to the point it's to just kind of note those things, watch them pass by. And like they say, act like you're standing on a bit bridge trying not to catch fish, just let all those things go by. Woo. Whistle stop tour. I like that. What specifically for listener, ding-dong, 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 what specifically for listener, Joel, do you have anything specific regarded to, uh, is there anything that he should particularly look at in terms of managing attention stuff day-to-day? You know, meditation practice in general or something, little tricks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought about that. And, you know, one of the things that he says, he says, just trying to sit quietly and not fall asleep. Um, I've often heard that people you know, might fall asleep or something like that in, in meditation. And I always felt like I had the uh, opposite problem. Like, I never fell asleep or almost fell asleep. I never, that's never my problem. But see, I don't almost fall asleep anywhere. Like, people fall asleep on a bus or a train or in a car or, like, I've never done that. Like, I've never... Like even on my eighteen-hour flight to South Korea, I didn't sleep. You know, so like for me, Ish. falling asleep was not is not a problem. But uh, I think it is for for other people um, if they get relaxed. But I think what you know when you actually really start doing this the goal and and the the thing that you're focusing on is like i would ask you would you fall asleep if you were watching thor ragnarok if you were watching baby driver and the chase scene like no you're not going to fall asleep in those movies because you're paying close attention to what's going on and you're it's exciting it's interesting and so as weird as this sounds like if you don't you kind of need to learn to find the breath or whatever it is that you 're focusing on very interesting and there are lots of ways to to do this. A lot of people use counting to uh, when they 're meditating then you 're counting your rest and your breath and you can count from one to ten and back down or you can any anything that works for you there's no rule um, but I think it's common to to count but that 's something that can help you be focused you know you see can can you make it to ten breaths, it like of course I can count ten breaths, right? But can you mm-hmm. count ten breaths up and down for forty-five minutes, or does your mind go thinking about the baseball game that was on last night? You know, or or and the, how,
0: like, how much? How much do you then start doing it sort of rote, right? Where you eventually lose track and like you know, how often did you have to start over?
1: Uh, yeah, and I mean, it, you will you will have to start over a lot. You will have to start over hundreds of times every time you do it, and that's normal. And eventually, it will be a little bit less than that after you've been doing it for a while and eventually you'll have a breakthrough where you might get through uh, 10 minutes or 20 minutes without doing it and you Mm -hmm. know but i think that it's for people who have attention deficit disorder i i don't have it but my son does so i see the challenges that he has in staying focused on something you know like you can send him into the bathroom and say okay brush your teeth and like you go in, and five minutes later he's you know messing around and doing some with the toothpaste, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. that's just that just happens because his his he gets interested he's very interested and and so directing that energy of interest into the thing that you want it to be in is is important, but just knowing that it's not going to be easy uh and that it's going to take some time for you to do it i don't know if if Joel uh from Missouri is going to be able to sleep sitting up and that's the other thing how important posture is how important your sitting position is they have the the zafu and the zabutan for a reason and they're there because they align your posture in a way that, like we were talking about, I think, last week, that almost forces you into a more attentive state. It's one thing to be sitting attentive, on your... Attentive and dignified. and Yes, very dignified. No, I'm serious. I like, agree. That's a big no, part I, of it. Don't, you don't want
0: to imagine being ramrod straight, but imagine
1: what would your posture look like if you were dignified. Mm-hmm. I love that. I've never heard that, but that makes perfect sense. And you know, and that's the thing. Like, It's one thing to be sitting on your sofa... At nine thirty at night, watching a movie, that <laughs> yeah, that's very, very different from sitting in a very attentive way without support for your back. You know, if there's people who can fall asleep in in that position, um, I mean I, I'd be pretty impressed with that because there's nothing to support you. I suppose people could do it if you're tired enough, but it's everything about it is, is sort of designed and architected to keep you in that more awake posture so He's got to try it. He just has to try it.
0: Got to try it. Our thanks to listener. Joel. Joel. Joel from Missouri. Joel from Missouri. <laughs> uh, I have uh, a YouTube recommendation, but I would, if you're inclined, would love to hear about something else that you like.
1: Oh, yes. I can definitely tell you about our friends at HelloFresh. HelloFresh. Have you heard of Hello HelloFresh. Hello. I've used HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service. They shop, they plan, and deliver your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook them, eat them, and enjoy them. And I don't know if they brine birds. I don't Mm. know that. But they send you really, really awesome foods. They've got different plans to choose from. They've got a classic. they got a veggie, if that's the way you go. And they got a family plan. If you have a little family going on, they mm-hmm. send you um, – so the classic is a variety of meat and fish and seasonal produce. It's always different. It's never the same. Different things are, are seasonally available. Guess what? That's what they're going to send you. The veggie, that's vegetarian recipes. They've got plant- – yeah, yeah, but what if, I, what if I have terrible children, Dan? What if I have terrible, terrible children? What do I do? Well, we all do. Hmm. But the family- Do have an option for that? That's the family one. They got quick and easy meals with great flavor. Everyone's going to love this stuff. And like I said before, bring your kids into the kitchen and say, guys, you guys got to help me with this meal. It's going to be so good. And then they would like get interested and they'll let them stir the thing. Let them like light the light on the stove, watch them carefully, but like let them be involved in all this stuff. And they're going to want to eat it more. They want to eat it. If they made it, it's like, this is the one you made, sweetie. And, oh, yay, dad, I want to eat it. You know, And then they actually eat their food instead of just playing with it pushing it around you're not going to spend all night in your kitchen either that's the nice mm-hmm. part almost all the recipes take less than 30 minutes and there are lots of one pot recipes for like fast cooking and minimal cleanup and so if you're a, a single person or just a couple and you don't want to have like 50 million dishes and everything they, they understand that and so they have a 20 minute meal on the classic menu each week for when you really don't have more time than that. And you can get this whole thing done in 20 minutes. It's awesome. And here's the thing. HelloFresh, they do the shopping, the planning, and delivery. So all uh, you have to do is hustle, bustle, and enjoy. That's for the holidays, see? Because we get crazy in the holidays. Mm -hmm. This is the time you can just enjoy the stuff that you're doing and, uh, and not worry about this. They've got... Uh, something called a, a figgy figgy pork uh, tenderloin with green beans and rosemary potatoes coming up. That's a holiday. They got a butternut because you don't want butternut squash. It's the Thanksgiving time. You have that with your bird with mm. sage, risotto, parmesan, and pep- you brine that bird pepitas. Mm. So I've ordered this. I've made the meals. Trust me, your kids. If you involve them, they will want to eat it. If you have them help you out, and uh, and the recipes are fun. For thirty dollars, you can get thirty dollars off your first week of HelloFresh. By going to hellofresh.com and promo code BACKTOWORK30 to Work 30, three zero, Back to Work One Word Three Zero and uh, and you're going to get your thirty bucks off your first week. We appreciate the support and the love from HelloFresh.
0: Thanks, HelloFresh. Buck, buck. Two YouTube videos. So there's this channel.
1: I, did I don't you see the this, new the new? Uh, did you see the new Android thing that, that does it backflips? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Oh God, so scary!
1: Did you see it?
0: Yeah, I did. It's terrifying.
1: Oh my God! I Did
0: it's amazing? It's amazing. Yeah, we're, we're screwed.
1: This oh, is this God. is the beginning of the end right now.
0: I got a good idea. Uh, really? <laughs> what do you got today, Henderson? Oh, how about a, a robot that can flip and beat your ass? Oh, that's great. Let's get that into production. <sighs>
1: It's a good thing it doesn't have a head because mm. robot like that you don't eat all at once, <laughs> right?
0: Uh, this is a cha- I don't know what the deal is with this channel. It's mostly Russian and Russian language stuff, but um, but it's I think it's a lot of historical stuff. But there's two videos in this channel that I like for lots of reasons. My kid, like a, like I guess like a surprising number of kids her age, are, are, she's really into like ancient Greece, ancient Rome, like all ancient you know Egypt. She's very into like this old, all this old stuff. And, like, every time we go to the library, she makes a beeline for that one section and grabs tons of books about, like, ancient cultures and societies. And there's two videos. The channel is called – I don't – I might pronounce this wrong. Uh, I put these in notes. The channel's called Arzamas. Uh, you don't need to go straight to their channel homepage. Look at the two links in show notes. Um, one video called Ancient Rome in 20 Minutes. Another one called Ancient Greece in 18 Minutes. And it's just this super fast, like, you know, you've heard of ancient Greece, you've heard of ancient Rome. Here's how that works canny combination of maps and a timeline that's moving, and narration by Brian Cox Mm. of Rushmore he's the worst student we've got. <laughs> he is the improbably, improbably, uh, Nicholas Copernicus, he is improbably is the narrator of these videos and he's wonderful. Um, so if you're into or your kids are into it, this is a really nice little whistle stop tour of um, ancient societies. Now, do, do you know why I mentioned that? I don't. Because it's a, for a secret selfish reason. Well, first of all, I love you all and I hope you enjoy this video. I also need your help. I want somebody who's smart about typefaces to go watch these videos and tell me what the typeface is that they are using in most of the callouts and labels. Cause I'm kind of obsessed. Just click on one of those videos and jump in a little bit and you'll see
1: going in right now. It's lo- I'm clicking. clicking. It's, it's loading. The links are opening. All right, I'm in there.
0: Isn't that a thoroughly modern typeface? It's probably oh, yeah. real. It's probably real obvious. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? Can no. you know all that? It, look, it looks very contemporary.
1: I don't know what what is that.
0: I don't know. Somebody who's good with typefaces, go look at go look at this and tell me what that typeface is, please, and I will buy it. It's a nice looking typeface. It. Yeah, I mean, how do you describe it? It's like a humanist, like a modern. Yeah, looks very modern uh, typeface. Ancient it's Greece got, in eighteen it, minutes. From a distance, it's got a little – from a distance, it's got a little bit of – what's the Jason Kotke font? Um, oh, God, I'm spacing. Oh, Silk Screen. No, no, no. no. That's funny. You remember now, that, right? I, of course I remember Silk Screen. That was a brilliant font. Remember at the time when there was like the big competition over who made the best teeny tiny <laughs> the best, font? How small could oh it be? I love that time. It was
1: so cool.
0: And uh, how was no, the other it's, it the typeface of the cocky.org used to be it's so I'm spacing it. it's got a little of that it's got a little bit from a distance a little bit of London underground feeling to it but when you get up close it's just much more like sturdy it's got a kind of unusual M capital M
1: silkscreen was designed from scratch using Adobe Photoshop 5.02 and macromedia fontographer on Windows NT nice that's the from the silkscreen page. Oh, right. Mini 7. Mini 7. That was the other one. Mm hmm. Seven at oh. and Mini 7.
0: Tiny fonts. Oh, no. Oh, no. I had a smart Earl. Don't do that. Fonts. Wasn't
1: there a Susan Kerr font, too? Mm hmm. I think so.
0: Very small fonts. Tiny fonts. Oh, God. These pages are useless. So, anyway, that's your homework. Go uh, listen to Brian Cox tell you about ancient things and tell me what that typeface is, please. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know, I, uh, I got, I got a listener uh, thing. I thought we could talk about. Right. It's not too long. Um, oh, this is a good question. Listener Jay has a question about how to end a conference call. Uh, listener Jay says, question about conference calls. If you feel it's interesting enough to do Most calls I'm involved in don't really have an owner. They just start at the scheduled time and someone starts talking. Jay, I feel confident in saying you're the only person in the world where that's the case. <laughs> it's probably your fault. Yeah. That's not ideal, but it's okay. My question is how to finish it. When you're missing visual clues that everyone has obtained what they need from the call, it's hard to know when to identify that you're done. Further, the actual hang-up process always seems awkward to me, totally. Everyone kind of says, bye, thanks, at the same time. And so, in effect, no one actually hears it because everyone's speaking at the same time. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, but there must be some etiquette to this. Thank you to Listener Jay. Do you, well, first of all, do, do you do you stipulate or agree that this is a, a thing?
1: Well, yeah, because and one of the things that he pointed out is that you know when you, when you're on this conference call, everyone's kind of there mulling around. You don't really know what they're doing, and then at the end of it, everyone wants to hang up, and they're all like, "Okay, bye." And all you hear is like everyone cutting off everybody else because of the asynchronous conference mm-hmm. calling, right? And so like everyone's twenty people all just said goodbye, but you couldn't make out a single one of them. Yeah.
0: I've done a little bit of writing and some talks about the meeting problem and there's a, usually a have like nine or 10 things I identify as things that typically tend to help make a meeting better. Uh-huh. And one of them is what I call hard edges, which is it starts at a certain time and it ends at a certain time, you know, that it not just be dependent upon like whether we're done talking, like it, <laughs> just having it go on and on, right. you know, um, and so like, if you like to have time to eat donuts and talk before, we'll factor that in and like say a quarter after like this is when things start. But, uh, I think that's part of the problem here is you're, when you feel the awkwardness and I, you know, this is not a huge like unsolvable problem. Like we can, we can handle this, but it is weird. And it, it leaves you ending. Like usually when a movie ends, the credits come up, you know, the movie is over. Like, how do you do that with a meeting? Shouldn't we have something where we say this and then the meeting is done? Um, I had a couple ideas. Um, I think, I think you know, if, if you're empowered to suggest this, it might be it might be useful to come up with some kind of an item that you always end a meeting with. And that depends on how your team works. Like a really easy way to end it is when the person running the meeting says we're done here, or have a good day, or thanks and bye. Everybody hangs up. You could just say that. But the other thing you might have, I'm thinking about, like in podcasts that I like, like on the Flop House. They talk about, they shuck and jive. They talk about the movie. They shuck and jive. They do the money zone. They come back. Um, they usually do letters. And when they get to recommendations, I know the show's almost over, right? In our case, you and I have our little sign-off line that we do at the end. And that's how you know the show is over. da 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 You hear a little tune. I think you need something like that for the meeting. You need something that tells people, on the one hand, this meeting is almost done. So getting ready to know the meeting is almost done. And then a thing that says the meeting is now done. And I had, my ideas are very, very simple. Um, one is, and they're both related, but I would say like the last thing you do is an easy one is to say, okay, let's remind everybody when the next call is. Okay. Everybody check your calendar. We all good for next Tuesday at nine 30 Eastern time. Right. That's a pretty simple one. Everybody goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one way to just say like, okay, we're done here. Let's clarify. At that point, you might also say, is there general homework for the next meeting? Like, is there a general theme to the, what the meeting you've just had where, as a group, people are supposed to think about an idea? Uh, is there anything people need to prepare for the next meeting, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you say, when we wrap up, it's just it's simple. It's not heavy. You just say, okay, we're done here. We're going to meet again, you know, 930 next week. And remember to bring in your ideas uh, for Janice's farewell party or whatever. RIP Janice. Um, one that I have found extremely useful but might be a little more difficult straight out of the gate, I think it's valuable to end every meeting by going over specific tasks or if you like action items that have been assigned to specific people in that meeting. Because it's it seems like that might be duplicative, but I find a very valuable way to end. And in fact, when I used to run, not run meetings, but when I was a project manager, I would mostly end every meeting before anybody had gotten out of their seat. They had already received, received an emailed version of what they were each responsible for based on what we talked about in that meeting and the due date, et cetera. That's a little bit more difficult, but... That's what I would suggest. The the What would be nice to get to is, okay, we're done here. Now, let's just go over what we talked about and whoever the, the meeting runner is, the notes taker, they go over and make sure everybody gets that and acknowledges that. I think that's a good way to end. So, I mean, that in itself is useful, but the, the secret trick inside of that is like it's also a good way to like get people a, like, okay, we're winding up here. Then I don't know. You guys could get a catchphrase that says everybody hang up your phone now.
1: In but other words, it takes awkward. it takes some preparation and setting expectations correctly. Yeah.
0: But, you know, on the other hand, it would be nice if there were someone who owned that meeting. You have, to, well, yeah, you have to
1: have an owner. That's the whole thing. You have to have an owner, and that owner is going to be responsible for keeping things moving, you know? And it's so hard to do that if you get a lot of people, and, well, we want to hear from everyone. I remember I used to do these calls when uh, I used to work in a... I was a software developer in a, a small group. I think we had... Between six and eight people who were all other software developers. We all worked remotely. And each week we would have a call to just sort of go through and hear okay, here's what I'm working on, here's what each person is working on. And we would kind of mm-hmm. go through and, uh, and as interesting as it was to hear about what the other people were working on and how it might overlap with you, a lot of the time it was just kind of boring because I didn't, yeah, like, there were guys in the group that I just didn't care what they were doing because it had nothing to do with anything that I was doing ever for years. And these are
0: usually the kind of meetings where a manager just wants to feel like they're managing and caught up on everything.
1: Everybody tell me what you're doing right now. Right. Sometimes. Yeah, and I mean once in a while that might hear something and say, "Oh, I, you know, I can help with that or I know something about that." But I almost felt like it was the manager's job to do, why not just have one-on-one call? You're a manager. Have a one-on-one call with each person, and then you know have have a summary of that or a quick summary meeting or something. It never felt team building to me. It never felt fun or interesting to me. I never felt more connected to my uh, colleagues. Just the opposite. Yeah.
0: In some ways, it's the opposite of that. You feel more and more diffuse. Like I don't know what they're talking about. Why are they telling me this? Like, do I belong here?
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. You know more about this stuff than me. I think.
0: Eh. I don't really have a job. I'm trying to find that font that I can't remember the name of, and it's going to drive me freaking crazy. Hey, so yeah, I hope that answers the question for uh, listener Jay. Not really, but uh, yeah, get somebody to run the meeting. That helps a lot. Yeah. I'm going to find this font. Could you tell me about uh, one more thing that you like? Yeah. Are, are you sure? you? I mean, do you want more time to find the font? I gotta find this font. It's gonna drive me crazy. No, I know I the name. That. I know. I know the name of it. It's driving me bananas. I'll find it. I want to tell you about FreshBooks. FreshBooks.
1: So there, there is something that FreshBooks has has come up with. They've done some math, and they figured 192 hours a year is what you could save if you were to use FreshBooks, because sure. and that works out to two working days per month. And this is the thing. You're going to spend a lot of time keeping track of your invoices, of your receipts, of tracking your own time, interacting with customers, finding out, did you get the invoice I sent? Oh, you said you didn't, but where did I send it to All of this stuff just goes away with FreshBooks. This is what they do. They have created an amazing, super easy to use cloud accounting software for freelancers. Anybody that's, running your own business, small, medium sized businesses. We've been using this for years and they have made this amazing solution. They actually rewrote it from the ground up based on the feedback of their users for a long, long period of time. They said, these are the things that our users are doing the most. We're going to bring these things together. We're going to make it even easier for them to use. And I I love this. I mean, they, I was a customer long, long before they were ever a sponsor and, uh, and I still, we still use it to this day, easy, quick invoicing. They've got online payments. In two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online. They handle your mobile expenses. So you have a, the app on your phone. You're out. You're at lunch. You pay for someone's lunch in a business thing. Boom, you get that uh, receipt right there. It's, it, it integrates in. They've got this projects feature. So you can share messages with your clients, your contractors, your employees. They've got uh, multi-currency invoicing now amazing support three rings or less and you get a human being who is a master of FreshBooks who will help you they've got automated uh, late payment reminders i mean you name it they've thought of it and it's all there to make your life easier and to save you time and the url that you want to go to is freshbooks.com back to work and use the code back to work or enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section you'll do that you'll get an unrestricted 30-day free trial you get everything in there not just oh well some features no you get all the features mm. you really try it out and uh and that's that's a great way to support the show too by going to freshbooks.com slash back to work and entering back to work in the how did you hear about us section i guarantee you personally i i i promise you you're gonna love freshbooks and what they have to offer and i'm that's based on my own personal experience with it i think they're great
0: so good so good you never look back
1: go check it out freshbooks.com slash back to work
0: Thanks, FreshBooks. Books. Buck, buck. The typeface is DIN. The one I was thinking of in particular, the subset is DIN Middleshrift. But DIN um, stands, stands German for German Institute for Standardization. You'll know it when you see it. Go look at DIN or DIN Middleschrift or DIN 1451, and you'll instantly know the one. It's a hopelessly modern, wonderful font. I first saw it in the logo for khaki.org, I believe. That is a nice looking typeface. Isn't that nice? It's kind of their version of interstate. It's like they, they use it oh, a lot for signage. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a beautiful font? That's hot. Yeah. Do you have that one? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Look at it. It even shows it on some signs. Uh huh. The signs they call it. <laughs> so that was one. So anyway, you can watch those videos. Tell me what it is. All right. I don't have too much else. Punisher. I three shows I was going to recommend. I've got, got show recommendations. Uh, two, I'll just mention quickly. Do you, Well, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll just say the Punisher is really good. I mean, it's super dark. Yeah. But uh, I love that actor. I love him so much. He's, uh, he's the guy. He's the other guy
1: on The Walking Dead. He's okay. Rick's partner. Is he the same one that was in Baby Driver? Yes. Okay. And he's he he is he the same Rick's one that, w- that was in uh, Wind River?
0: Wait a minute. I think no, he no, is. No, that's Hawkeye.
1: No, no, no! Not the main guy. There's another guy in that. Hold on, look. Uh, uh, let me find him. Hold on.
0: What? No.
1: Yeah, I think it is uh, John Bernthal.
0: Yeah, that's him, he's right? In, wait a minute. He's
1: yeah, Wind River. He's in Wind River too.
0: I'm looking. Yeah, I'm spacing on this yep. so hard. He's we, watched in Wind this River. So, we watched this Saturday night, and why do I not remember this?
1: I think wait. he's in Wind River. He's the uh, no. yeah. He is. Yep, as Matt Rayburn. Matt and Baby Driver.
0: in the hell are you talking
1: about he's in it i'm looking at that his thing right there Uh,
0: which character is that
1: he's the boyfriend of the girl
0: oh my god yes sorry (laughs) sorry yes absolutely sorry yes okay no spoilers okay first of all i love that movie and i'm thinking about it a lot
1: wind river yeah. Oh, yeah. It's stays, I mean, it stays. I forgot with a giant it. part of it, but did you, did you like it? I loved it. I love it.
0: Okay. So my wife and I argued about this a little bit. Did you think it was abrupt toward the end of act two mm. when they knock on the door? Yeah. Did you find that like cinematically super abrupt? Not yeah. that it was bad, but she was discreet. She's like, no, that's just a cinematic technique. I'm like, no, it's not. Whose POV is this?
1: Yeah. It just, it was,
0: was it, didn't it seem kind of strange?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that, but maybe that was intentional, you know? Maybe they wanted to feel This is a very dark,
0: very disturbing, very, I mean, very troubling movie, but I thought it was super well done. Oh, oh, you ready for this? Do you, you think, think it's like, going
1: to get a cinematography Oscar? I think it will. I think it should win something.
0: Let me make sure my thing's not running here. Yeah. Um, here, are you ready for this? Yeah, hit Can blow your mind? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Scarlet Witch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's in there too. Oh, you know who she is? Yeah, she's the FBI girl.
0: Uh-huh. Younger sister of the Olsen twins. Really? Are you ready for that? How crazy oh is that? Oh my God, her, her last name's Olsen. Her last name is Olsen, which is the same name as the Olsen twins. You're freaking me out right now. Try being me. I'm sitting there watching this movie. I'm like, who is, that's, is, she, is she English? Which is what I always ask my wife, because she knows these things. That's all we talk about when we're watching Walking Dead, like uh, or Game of Thrones. Is that person English? They're all English. Uh, she's not English. She's she's an Americano. Can you even believe that? Mary Kate and Ashley
1: Olsen, Mary Kate now have a younger sister mm-hmm. whose name is or Elizabeth, who is mm-hmm. a witch. Hmm.
0: What do they call her? That in the movie they got an IP thing with that. Do they call her? Well, they, they don't, call her Wanda. Wanda. No, they call her
1: the, I thought they call her Scarlet Witch, but she's not a mutant. She's mm-hmm. an altered human.
0: Ugh! I'll be so glad when they get all this straightened out.
1: And uh, so is the brother. Um, Do
0: you he, recommend Wind River as a movie for people to see?
1: I recommend it highly as a movie people must see. It's really. You haven't seen a movie until you've seen this movie. It's really, it's it's weird. I mean, it's not pff,
0: sui generis. It's not like unlike anything i've ever seen but it really has its own style even though it reminds me of lots of things i love i mean it's like a not funny cone brothers movie in some ways <laughs> yeah that's
1: a there's great so way there's so many to say ways it. it
0: reminds me of the cone brothers <laughs> i mean not as much as don jr but the um but it's got this it's got a wonderful uh terrifying feel to it and i love the cast i love the um uh, the reservation cop yeah
1: so good he's so good yeah he's so been in other things confused. too.
0: Yes, he's been in lots of things. And who was the Oh he was in
1: Poltergeist, that's where I'm thinking of him. Oh He Jiminy. was the Native American in poltergeist. And then
0: the guy who plays the father is not the guy from Parks and Rec and King of the Hill. He is Jane Krakowski's father from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Unbreakable. And I watched and uh, I watched a- Baby Driver again. It's a miracle. Cause females
1: are strong as hell. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, second time around, I still like it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not super substantial. It's no hot fuzz, but it's good. Fleas in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good. But uh, I like that actor. I like that actor. Hornswoggled. Yeah, wow. How about that? What's his name again? John Landisberg. What's his name? <laughs> Robert. Johnson. And I just
1: closed the damn window. Where is
0: it? I don't see him in the. the I'm looking at IMDb. Why do I not see him? Am I losing my mind? He's in there. Is he uncredited?
1: No, just Google,
0: Like type into Google um, Wind River Cast. <sighs> I'm in on the IMDb. Mm-hmm. I'm on the IMDb Cast page right now. De, de, de. What's his name? John,
1: John Landgraf. What's his
0: name? I'm, I'm, I'm loading it up. Hold on.
1: No, no. No, I'll get it by going to John the Bernthal. He's the fourth, John... fourth one in the list. You got Olsen. No, you got Renner. No. You got Chow. And you got Bernthal.
0: I'm looking in credits order. He's not in here. Oh my god! No, you're looking at the wrong thing. No, I'm not.
1: Yeah, directed by
0: Taylor Sheridan. Oh, no. sounds like a fake name. Yeah, right, look at look at what I just sent you. No, you look at what I sent you. Only no, what I'm I'm I sent you. I'm going to send you. He's which right you there, in? fourth from the left. All right, all right. We'll see. Go look at mine. See. Go find my error. Find my error. All right. <laughs> let me go look at yours. I mean, I know he's in the movie now. Oh, you're. <laughs> Oh, you're using Google. That's not fair. Well, said, oh, there he is. Yeah. John, John Landgraf, John Bermenthal. That's his thing. I love that guy. Let's see. So where was I? I'm
1: clicking. i clicking. He's forward. not, he's not in the IMDb here, but. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thomas, Thomas Jane.
1: Thomas no, he is Jane. there. John Bernthal. He's there, but it's no. spelled J-O-N.
0: Oh, I see. He's That's there. J-O-N Bernthal. You sure? Yeah, he's right there on, on the page. I just Oh, there he is. They spell without an H. He plays Matt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not so sure about this. Yeah. It feels like a jam up. Beba Be- Be- driver. Beba Be- driver. Frank Castle. Now let me see. Is he in this one? Let's see how they spell his name. Let's see, it's John with no H here. this time I found it. Hmm. They fooled me, Jerry. <laughs> What else? I think that's pretty much it. Oh, you know who was good? Oh, wait. Are you pointing to the guy that I'm thinking of? Oh, yeah. I see. You're sent- now you're sent. All right. All right. You win. No, I sent uh, that like 20 minutes ago. What? You know who's good is the bad guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He's good. You know, the guy who's like the... You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ooh, No spoilers.
0: Believe Yeah, it was good. It was really good. It was... Um, dark it's there's some very disturbing images in this movie but
1: my favorite part is that one scene where they're uh i don't give it anyway where they're the group of them go and meet the other group and they're like why are you flanking me what are you flanking (laughs) oh my god oh my god (laughs) uh so good
0: okay people are texting me okay lisa you might be right it might be formula might be the font in that video because here's what I did. I went and I googled the name of that channel, Azbazba, whatever it was called. Yeah, what's it called? Azbazba. Yeah. I googled for that and video <laughs> font, and I came up with Formula Two. But then I walked up to the TV with my iPad and I compared them, and it didn't look like it matched up. Thank you, listener Lisa. It might be Formula, which sounds like somebody mispronouncing something.
1: What's a form, the formula, a formula. for uh, for ketchup? That's the formula. There's a secret formula in the vault. <laughs> uh, no one's formula. getting my recipe. You know,
0: it might be for <laughs> That's my secret formula.
1: Uh, I got
0: rock salt in this shotgun. Better stay away from my formula. Uh, uh, you know what? You might be right listening to Lisa. It could be <laughs> it could be formula. <laughs> you kids get out of here. You stay away from my formula. Mm-hmm. Get out of my root cellar. That's where I keep my formula. Eustace, <laughs> they're after my formula
1: <laughs>
0: god damn it you kids i told you yeah stay out of my barn <laughs> that's where i keep my formula you know what it could be it could be formula hmm Yeah, you know, you know what? Thank you, listener Lisa. I think you're right. You've convinced me this might be it. Whatever it is, formula is beautiful. Oh, oh, also interesting formula available in many uh, what's it called Cyrillics? Whatever, uh, whatever the Russian is in. Cyrillics makes sense because it's a Russian channel.
1: Oh yeah, Hmm.
0: matches the formula. I'm winded. You pumped? You pumped for the holiday? I'm
1: super pumped.
0: Woo! Anything else you got?
1: No, that's it. I'm I'm out. Any homework? Any odds and sods? I'm getting a smoked uh, turkey from you uh, brine that from no uh, they do okay. brine it no they brine it they brine it
0: they brine they brine I'm it I'm getting it
1: from Noble Sandwich
0: Noble <laughs> that sounds like an awesome fake name no it's a re- it's a
1: real place it's it's my I favorite know. sandwich place in Austin and uh, at um, at Thanksgiving they take their smoker and they they put uh, turkeys in it and you get them smoked and it's quite nice. Put hmm. that
0: in your smoking and pipe it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That doesn't even make any sense. No. Well, uh, we should probably button this up. I love you. I love you too, Merlin, man.